0: Shout out to all What's going on, everybody? Call it the rebirth, the reawakening, the revolution. Call it whatever you want. All you need to know is Pat's Interference is back, and we couldn't be more excited. Got a packed episode for you right now. We're going to go over A-Day, and we're going to go over the NFL Draft, plus so much more. We've been gone for a while. Let's just jump right into it, man. Let's get right into it. This is Pat's Interference. This is Pat's Interference.
1: What's up, everybody? We're back on the grind here with Pat's Interference after a, a, a brief hiatus, if you want to call it that four-and-a-half-month hiatus. We've been off living our lives, doing our own thing, and uh, we're back. we got to talk football. A lot of stuff going on in the world of football. We had the spring game, we had the the NFL draft this past weekend, and so we want to kind of uh, talk about it all. I'm, I'm Patrick Grickman.
0: I'm a co-host, I'm, I'm Patrick How you doing? I haven't been this excited for a podcast episode since the beginning of last season.
1: Well, that's good. Me too. Yeah, I got really pumped as soon as we said we were doing this today because uh, we <laughs> yeah. both been pretty busy, but especially you last week. I know we um, wanted to kind of have some here before the spring game and uh, work Trump's podcast half the half the time, all the time. If it, Sure, if we're being um,
0: good, man, uh, good. responsible. Just, so uh, you, know, you know how's things points, been going? High points, good. We're just we're living the life, trying to uh, trying to get through the semester. Student athletes are starting to graduate and you know move on to their lives. May it be in sports or not in sports. Uh, but you know we're just we're just making it, man. Got a dog. Got a dog. I'm taking care of. She's she's sitting right here. She's loving it so far. She you did get a dog. I just started yelling the intro a minute ago. When it's twelve fifty seven in the morning, uh, shoes, shoes. Pu- well, I was pumped up, man. It's it's Why the is intro. He yelling? You gotta you gotta get him jazzed up. Plus the song we had. Come on now. I the the uh it's the house of what Pain, song you choose again? Like redo. Yeah. As you oh, like as it. you would like say, it. that's a good one. That's a good one to come slaps. back
1: with. Um, and you just finished a uh. <laughs> this beat That's slaps it. hey this beat slaps thank you yeah, uh, no, you just finished uh, a so heck of a project by the way, way. It's on kudos YouTube. on that it's
0: called A Bond Never Broken uh we had a um one of our student athletes is a men's lacrosse player his father was the um co-pilot on United Flight 175 that was hijacked uh during September 11th um and flown into the second of the Twin Towers um and whole story kind of about him finding family and finding an escape through lacrosse so uh you know great story great guy the Horrocks family are just amazing people man the horrocks eisenberg family are just they're just great people just great people thank you well, I'm glad you, you were
1: able to tell his story and and you did it so wonderfully you know I don't want to take away from what what he added and what he experienced, but you know you put thank in you. a lot of hard yeah, work too it. so I think I you deserve a little, some kudos on that yeah. as well I was very impressed very proud uh, that's that is a that is TCF there alum Patrick Norwood. You know, if you want to make things like that, um, there you go. You might want to take a, nice check out the CIS Good school plug. at Alabama, Good plug.
0: We uh, should... which is where
1: we both went.
0: Yeah, all the professors. Well, at Some uh, professors uh, would be uh, very proud let's of that get, plug. Let's get, it, let's get on to you, man. What, what have you been up to?
1: <laughs> oh, you know, still doing, um, still working at the, the TV station. So you know, a lot of sure. A lot ends. of uh, high school baseball, high school softball. Um just you know, it never ends. It's it's a seven day a week job. You know, I work five, but you know, I have to be plugged in the other two. So it's uh it's you know, it's 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 its own grind in its own right, but um it's it's kinda starting to wind down. Baseball's getting into their postseason over here, and you know, we got district tournaments, regional tournaments starting and all that. So we're gonna get into the the dark, barren months of summer, and I say that because my, my schedule yeah, really no, frees up does in the too. summer for more podcasts. I don't too. know about you. you. Mean, I guess we'll kind of discuss what we're doing on summer. here.
0: <laughs> so, is, so is Patrick. Well, so, come on, bring bring on the weird episodes, man.
1: Well, that's good. So that's what we've been. Uh, that's what we've been doing cool. since since uh, that infamous day in we're January. Better. We're better. And
0: we're better. Let's you know, let's go to the spring game. We're over we? it.
1: We're getting back to it.
0: Yeah, let's go right it was, into it. Spring it was exciting, game. It was exciting. Um, you know, one ooh, thing that you've written it was down. was a good one. It was exciting. And, you know, we talk about it every single year, but um, you know, it's it's not. You don't want a game like Auburn has sometimes or Tennessee has sometimes, where it's seventy-seven to ten. You you don't you don't want that. You also don't want a game that ends. No. You know, seven to three. You want you want a nice, healthy score. <laughs> Exactly. that's what i'm saying well alabama's I mean, spring game last year ended 7-3 so i'm glad you said that <laughs> or a really good defense but eh, i think you and i can both agree in last year's day game there wasn't a lot of offense not a problem this year uh it's we had uh two quarterbacks slinging the ball around brick Ooh,
1: they looked good they looked good both of them both of them um and uh, to your point that we just said where it's a mixed bag, and you know one guy uh, doing something well means another guy didn't do something well. I will say this. I went to the FSU spring game, and, and at, at post game coach Jimbo Fisher said something kind of unique that I hadn't really heard the way he put it, but he he said most coaches in the country would tell you at this time of year, you want your offense to be a little maybe a little bit ahead of the defense because the defense is always able to settle um, as the season goes on, but if your offense yeah, sure. starts off the season. Bad. It's hard to come back from that. So you know, not saying that it, what we saw on display uh, um, two Saturdays ago was was perfect. But um, with that said, I'm not going to be uh, no, you know, over overreacting to anything that did happen. Maybe except well, the quarterbacks that that might be what I overreact to, like we yeah. just said. Yeah, they were. No, I, yeah, they I, were think it
0: was, uh, I think pretty impressive. I think. Offensively, you know, there's some, there's some key players, um, that people were excited to see Jerry Judy, uh, won the MVP award, uh, for the spring game, which if you watched, I, I don't think that anyone could really, um, really argue that Robert Foster, uh, kind of woke up, I guess is the way we could put that or finally got his chance. Um, Najee Harris, uh, you know, played great. Those, those are three guys, bang, bang, bang that people are really looking forward to seeing. Uh, the other was was young quarterback Jalen Hurts, Patrick Bruin. Uh, you know everybody's wondering what kind of season he's gonna have. Is yes, is Tua, Tua the tank, as you and I have started calling him. Touchdown, touchdown, Tua. Uh, it's it's it, you know is are, is there gonna be a battle there? Is there a struggle? Nick Saban's saying there's not a struggle. Brick, what do you think?
1: I think I'm. I don't think there is either. Um, what what, what we saw now, if, if if Tua had come out and thrown for 300 yards and Hertz couldn't do anything at all the entire game, there might be something a little bit more there. But Hertz came out and not only did he just kind of, uh, you, you know, tied over We're the back. tied. You know, see what I did there. Right over the first team defense. I mean, he performed against them. <laughs> he performed against. You know, and and you saw an apparent improvement. Obviously, he's got a, a new yes. solid. Um, offensive coordinator that should be here a while. I don't think any team's gonna come poach uh, Brian, yes. aka run to ball, um, anytime soon. So I don't think that he's going to be sought after real quick. Yes. So he should have uh, this offensive coordinator the remind- remainder of his career. You could see them working together, and you saw some things in what right. he did and the way he threw the ball one, and the way it left his hands.
0: One, yeah, you can one tell he's been uh, you know, I and you think, can tell I that think there's pressure two on. Him two one in is good. I'm, I'm not even gonna look. From now on, I'm just calling him Tua. I'm not. I'm not even trying with that last name, Brick. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. That thing's. Nope. I'm good. Two. Tua, two. if you two need to get a. Uh, and that's plenty. Fun for me. with it. <laughs> um, you, you know, I I think the main, you know, sixteen for twenty five, three hundred one yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Tua seventeen for twenty nine, three hundred thirteen yards, three touchdowns and a pick. The statistic from those two stat lines that sticks out to me is the amount of incompletions. Uh, When I went back, you know I didn't get to watch the game live. Um, But when I went back and watched the replay, uh, Tua's passes were great. And the throws that were on the money were on the money from both guys. But the misses that Tua had were a little bit shakier than the misses that Jalen Hurts had. And one thing that I will also point out, Neither quarterback really had to show off their legs during A-Day, which is a huge facet and a huge aspect of no, these guys' game. you don't get to see that. So take these stat lines with a grain of salt, okay? One of these interceptions may not have happened had the guy been able to get outside the pocket and run.
1: Um, Hertz's interception came on a ball where uh, the, the, the tight end, it wasn't a perfectly placed ball but also the tight end needed to be out of, in his route and looking up. A lot of people thought that wasn't as much his fault as it was on the receiver, and I want to say Nick Saban said as much. And I'm going to be honest, I think on Tua's interception, which was a pick six to Terrell Hall on a screen pass, yes, I, agree I just kind of it... think the defense knew what was coming because Terrell Hall had like yes. ungodly 99 yes. no, he, overall he awareness and Madden response the to that play. Was
0: so... <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean he I think he knew it was coming but um you you mentioned they weren't able to show their legs and you know you could say that there were seven sacks against them I would say that five of those ones that yes. were on Hurts would not have happened they were all little one-handed grabs there were a couple where guys came and got two hands on him and he might have gone down or gotten rid of the ball quicker but um you know the big thing that I saw from Hertz was just He knew where he needed to be with the ball. I mean, a big thing was his deep ball looked great. He wasn't doing that silly little hop step he used to do all last year where he'd hop into it and throw it. He just slung the ball. And I think what we saw, I think what what I'm so excited about by watching that is I think it was a testament to how good our receiving core can be when they're getting the ball, when they're supposed to be getting the ball.
0: Yeah, let's let's move into that receiving court. Like I talked about, Jerry Judy winning the MVP award, five catches for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Break, Cade can fly.
1: He's he looked really good, and he's shifty, and he's quick, and he's um, got good size. He's yeah. He was a five star for a reason, and I think he could be the next in line to um to that uh, kind of um,
0: Julio to a progression to we've Allen had of Ridley, receiver, yeah. To Jerry Judy,
1: but Ridley's still on the team, and he looked. You know, Ridley's a He's like four catches Cooper. for 102
0: he's, and a touchdown as well. And he's as, a route
1: runner. He's going to have to somebody's going to have to get him the ball because he's going to get open. You know, that's then the kind you've of play Robert he Foster
0: is. two catches for 115 and a touchdown. However, it's just two catches. Should we really be that excited?
1: Well, one of them was a 70-yard play where he, you know, Trayvon Diggs was getting burned all day. He burned Trayvon Diggs, and we'll talk about the secondary here in a couple minutes. But, um, you know, I think I think there's the skill positions right now at Alabama are as good as they have been at any point. You know, they're yes. they're right up there with other times where we've had great skill position players. Yes. Um, and the quarterback is more dynamic than we'll ever see. You know, this is... When Hertz gets to run the ball and gets to play his game, if he can fully develop as a passer, it's, you know, it's one of those unstoppable-type players in the country. It's one of those players that you you just have to hope to contain. If he reaches that potential, which, you know, we saw last year, you could stop him by Forcing him to throw the ball. If he can get rid of that wrinkle, if he can be coached up by Brian DeBall and everybody else on the roster, and you know he was 18 last year. Yes. Now he's 19. It's yes. still not very old. No. So, um, it's very exciting. And I that I would have been more downtrodden had he come out and, and really played flat. Yes. Um, one more thing I want to mention because you asked if I thought it was a uh if I thought it was a competition or, you know, controversy, if you will. I think that's the words that were used. Sure. Um, Coach Saban said, no, it's not. He said there's a competition. There's always competition, every position. Always competition. You want that. I mean, they compete against each other. Um, Tua and Mac Jones are competing against each other for the number two spot. But he did make it a point to say when Tua came in and played against the ones, he had two three and outs. Yes. There's something to be said there, too. So, Hurts is the big, you know... The big story coming out of it. The big story was Jalen Hurts. He, he looked very much improved, and I think every Alabama fan wanted to see that.
0: Yes. Uh, the other thing that we've got to talk about as far you know, before we move to the defensive side of the ball, uh, the highly anticipated Najee Harris, not disappointing. Oh, no. Whew. He looked the part, didn't he? <laughs> uh, seeing that 22 sent chills down my spine. Not going to lie. He looked... He just he looks he you know people always make the joke that we
1: breed them you know and, and they just come out of a factory or so he looks like he looks that part yes.
0: yes he does he does uh so that's you know that's somebody to look out for uh do you think he takes carries away uh this fall
1: yeah and we're gonna have fun talking about what we're gonna do with the running backs leading up to the season um, when we do more position uh podcasts but yeah I mean we got. <laughs> We have a lot of really, really talented... This is the best stable of running backs that Saban's had. You yes. know, we might not have a Heisman winner in the bunch, and that part of that might be because we have genuinely five really reliable running backs, and if B.J. Emmons' foot would heal, we'd have six.
0: Yes. Yeah, I I, I expect to see a, a handful of transfers this year because there's just too much talent on that offensive side of the play.
1: two Two years ago, it was Derrick Henry... And a Kenyon Drake that had a broken leg. That's yes. what we had at running back. This now it's back to five, and I don't think this whole group's gonna transfer. Emmons might transfer maybe at some point, but I, I expect that he probably will because he looks like with the injuries and the other players we're getting coming up and improving and progressing. He's probably gonna be the odd man out of that group, but I'm not gonna predict transfers. But we, yes, it's this... it's a wealth of of that's what I'm saying. Skill positions, nobody tops us this year.
0: Yes. Yes, this draft class reminds me very much of the 10 Tenpenny, rest in peace, Derrick Henry, uh, Alvin Kamara draft class, as far as running backs are concerned. Tyron
1: Jones was great until Tyron he Jones couldn't, you know, stop getting kicked off teams.
0: T.J. Yeldon was okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball now that we've ended the offensive side. It's such a sour note. Uh, you know, obviously... Defensive backs really were sort of the outlier as yeah. far as I'm concerned. They were they were lacking. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, seven tackles, no other stats. Trayvon Diggs, you said, got burned all day, although he did have an interception. And yeah, Kyrie he had that McDonald, pick in the end zone. Yes, Kyrie McDonald also had an interception, but I'm pretty sure that was one that was tipped, no? He had an interception? Uh, was it,
1: Oh, Mac Jones threw it. Mac Jones yes. threw one too. Yeah, yes. no, was a, he, he made a good play
0: on a ball that there. A, that was a good clean pick. Okay. Uh, so out of all that, what do you sort of take away from the defensive backfield? Where do they need to improve most? Is this a huge concern? Is this a small concern? What are you thinking?
1: My only concern is what they're going to do at safety. And we didn't see a lot of, we didn't see a lot of Ronnie Harrison or Hootie Jones in the game on a scale of one to 10. I'm at about a four and a half, maybe on how concerned I am about that defensive backfield granted we have a lot of talent at corner coming back and I know we lose um Marlon Humphrey who's been steady for two years and but Humphrey you know, and Eddie Jackson on that safety but I think we showed last year that we were able to tie it over the safety safety is my big concern what do mm-hmm. we do with Minka Fitzpatrick does he play safety he played so well there filling in last year another year of him improving there and he could get to Eddie Jackson level or do we keep him at corner where he was so good uh you got you know uh, Anthony Averett who was uh, very steady and very good last year, obviously. And then you have Shaheem Carter. You've got um, you know Trayvon Diggs, who seems to be a project, but this was yeah. his first. This there's, was his first spring over there, and I think they targeted him on purpose.
0: There's a lot of names over there, and I think that's good. I think that's something good to sort of point out. Is that uh, that's a healthy problem to have? The problem of well, where do we play Minka Fitzpatrick? Because he was so good at two positions, is a good problem to have.
1: However, however, like you said, these are a lot of names. Some of them you rattle off aren't proven yet. Yes. Trayvon Diggs was a receiver last year. Shaheem Carter was a redshirt. Um, we have a couple guys that were still injured that were four or five stars that will come in. You know, Tony Brown has been up and down his whole career. He's had great games. He's had garbage games. So
0: He's also been I'm, suspended off the team, back on the team, too. and suspended again.
1: So I, I'm still at a four and a half because... Nick Saban's specialties: the secondary. I don't think it'll get as bad as it was in 2014, where well, teams could just throw deep on us all day. Yes. Um, <laughs>
0: or what, what about that... Uh, that was how Landon, about that, Landon how about Collins that,
1: couldn't play the deep ball.
0: How about 2012 team when we had Dion Blue? Or excuse me, I guess that's the 2013 season, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Dion Blue was, was was probably the worst starting... Um corner we've ever had. I don't think it'll get to those nope. kind of levels. No, nope. don't say
0: that. Do not say that.
1: Uh, who was, who was in worse? The,
0: in the Saban era, that's probably the worst defense That's what attack. I meant. That's what I yes, meant. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Brandon Brooks was two inches <laughs> shorter than me and muffed, I think, every single punt he tried to field in Alabama uniform. Either that or Brandon Brooks also uh, caught a punt one time, ran it 45 yards, and then fumbled fascinating human being to watch play football and i mean that in the worst way possible uh but yeah no i I think the defensive backfield has a lot to prove but like you said that Saban's area of expertise there's not a lot we should really be concerned with uh there um because you know like you you said it well uh i i think that that's sort of an area that um gets sorted out um you know and there's a lot of names there and everything but it's not going to be as bad as it was Uh, Linebackers, some names. Rashawn Evans, obviously. Christian Miller is a guy that really stuck out to me, as well as Keith Holcomb, obviously. Keith Holcomb with 10 tackles and two sacks. But Christian Miller looks like a man on fire out there. Really liked what I saw for him. Really liked what I saw from Terrell Hall as well. What did you see for my linebacking core?
1: You know, Terrell Hall is the name that, um, you know, kind of toward the end of last year when people started talking about next year's team, and all the uh, you know the, the Jonathan Allens and all them would would talk about the next guys. Terrell Hall was the, a name that always came up, yes. always came up. You know people were very excited about him, and 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 he had. I mean, what is he six five? He looks like a defensive end playing outside linebacker. He's yes. got speed, and I'm excited for him. I mean, I'm. Uh, you want me to drop a name him.
0: that's gonna make you that's gonna make your heart sing? Sure. A little Courtney Upshaw action. <laughs>
1: He's quicker than Courtney Upshaw. He he's got he's got more of a, a quick twitch fat pass rushing s- style. But anytime you can say his name, I'm happy. Um, you know, if we got a Courtney Upshaw back on our team, that'd be that'd be amazing. I still love nice. still have my baby, but um, um, and you know, I'm excited to uh, to see. You know, we we get, there's a lot of guys to replace. And I'm going to put a little disclaimer in here um, before I forget. We can, we're not going to be able to compare like when we were just talking about corners. We're talking about linebackers now. If we try to compare every position unit on that defense to what we had last year, we're going to be you know, disappointed in everything. That's just the way it is when you have an all-time great defense. Right. That's going to be, so I'm not going to sit here and go, yeah, our corners won't be as good as last year, though, so we're, you know, we're not going to be good. Our linebackers are not going to be where they were last year because no. we had Reuben Foster, we had Ryan Anderson. Now, they might be that way by the end of the season if they're coached up right and they gel right. We don't know.
0: But, I think, you know, I think next three season, years ago we didn't season. know that
1: Reuben Foster and Ryan Anderson and Jonathan right. Allen were going to form what they formed.
0: I did not think Ryan Anderson was going to be as good as he was.
1: No. Slash I didn't years. think Jonathan Allen would be. I didn't think – I. you know, the first two years of Reuben Foster, everybody talked about how he had horrible form and how all he could do was just be a missile. But he was not a a, a very – Couldn't cover. Yeah, he couldn't cover couldn't and he cover wasn't disciplined. Runs. Well, he yeah. got disciplined. He learned to cover and he was – Perhaps the best linebacker we've had at Alabama. So you know a name, since Saban a name that here. was
0: sort of, or a couple names that were sort of. I don't know if they were missing or if I just I, I missed it in the replay. Dylan Moses and Mac Wilson. Quiet. Dylan days. Moses
1: was out there. Um, he he. You know he's he didn't play with the first. I don't think he was first or second team, and a lot of these early enrollees for defense are going to have to. Sure, you know, just fight their way in there. Right,
0: obviously they've got to work. You know, they got to work their way. I'm just meaning I don't remember hearing their names called. Mac Wilson is the one that's more concerning for me.
1: I don't remember if he played or not. Do you have any stats on him?
0: I don't have any stats on him. I he don't, might not. He honestly
1: might not have played.
0: That's why I was a little surprised last year making a huge impact. Everybody remembers that's sort of the play of the game against Texas A&M, knocked yeah. Speedy Noel's tooth out.
1: I remember his touchdown that he scored as from yes. a fullback
0: position. Yes. <laughs> on,
1: a, on a pass that wasn't to him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, Mac Wilson, uh, Ben Davis will be in there to, to kind of come in and replace Ruben sure. Foster.
0: Sure. So. Sure. I think I think we got to look two seasons from now to really see that linebacking core reload. Uh, yeah. That's not to say that they're going to be bad next year. I just think we're going to have to wait that long to see them reload and be the way that they were last season. Um.
1: Well, because Rashawn Evans and Sean Dion Hamilton aren't bad players today. Yes. Now, today, Sean Dion Hamilton and Ryan Anderson are not Reuben Foster and Ryan Anderson. They might be by the end of next season, or by the beginning of the season once they go through fall camp. Right. But I can tell you that every other SEC team save LSU this year would take our linebackers over what they've got this year.
0: Yes. Yes, I agree. What about up front? What did you see from the defensive line?
1: I liked what I saw from them. And I think our defensive line has a chance to, again, be at the top five in sacks. Again, they might not get the same pressure as last year. But um, Deshaun Hand, you know, he played sparingly last year. And he might end up being the best pass rusher out of that whole group. Deshaun Hand is very good. Um,
0: Raekwon uh, Davis played well, as did Jamar King. Those two uh, totaling for twelve tackles and two sacks.
1: Jamar King, that's a name I always forget.
0: Jamar Jamar King, sneaky, sneaky. A lot of these guys sneaky. Keith Holcomb, sneaky. A we've got uh, this day. guy named
1: Isaiah Bugs coming in that might be the next uh JUCO transfer, um, you know, impact Great. player that we've yeah. had on the line before. Sure. And it's just going to be interesting to see. You know, as depth charts start to come out, I have no idea. It was easy last year; we knew who all the starters were. save for maybe one position or two, like, you know, star corner. But this year, there's so much up for grabs that I think that that's going to be a beneficial thing into getting this defense ready to run, you know? I agree. I agree. So many positions up, so many places to fill, everybody's going to work their tail off to get that playing time, and that's exciting in its own way. Sure, it stinks to lose as many guys, the 10 that we lost at the draft, and even more that went undrafted, but at the same time, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot to be excited about because... It's what happens when you have the number one recruiting class however many years in a row.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's let's kind of put a bow on this section before we move into the draft. Uh, Brick, what are you taking away from the 2017 Alabama A-Day Spring Scrimmage?
1: You asked me what my overall thoughts were. You kind of yes. went out there for a second. Yes,
0: yeah, overall thoughts.
1: Overall thoughts, um, I would say it's the most exciting spring game that I've seen. You know, I've seen every single one since Saban's first that brought in 95,000. Right. That's the most exciting one I've seen. It was the most... um Is the one that I was almost the least anticipating, to be honest, just because there wasn't technically a quarterback sure. controversy. Maybe sure. some of the A.J. McCarron ones were less. You know, like last year, I was pumped to see all the new quarterbacks. This year, I kind of wanted to see Tua and see if, if Hurts progressed. If only we would have known. And then, you know... Several years ago, before that, I was really pumped for the AJ McCarron, Philip Sims one, but um, this was exciting. This was a, bre- a, f- a breath of fresh air to see that spring game. I really enjoyed watching the shots of Brian DeBall interacting with the team. Nick Saban, obviously in his blue uh, suit, just I would have liked to be there. I wish I, I could have been there, but it was very good to watch, and I'm I'm a I'm, uh, it it helped. I guess I, I put on here I ha- asked if it helped or hurt my expectations for next season. It greatly helped. Yeah. Just because I saw that our quarterbacks improving that I don't think our quarterback is just a uh, going to be a, kind of a wet blanket his entire career as far as throwing the ball is concerned. He's not a lost cause. There's something there. Yes. Now if DeBall and his New York New England Patriots pedigree and Nick Saban pedigree and Belichick pedigree can coach that, we'll Gotta see. Tap in. But
0: Gotta there's tap something to work room.
1: there. How about you? Did it help or hurt your expectations?
0: Greatly helped. Greatly helped. Um, You know, after last season, I, I, you know, we we talked that night for an hour, two hours, um, and and I told you I was it was very concerned. A lot of the concern was about the offensive coordinator position. That got, you know, that sort of handled itself. Um, Yeah, that the biggest thing that could happen to help this team this year is that Steve Sarkeesian bolted. That could be the biggest blessing in disguise, maybe. Uh, and I was, I was also concerned about Jalen Hurts. Both of those things have been solved. Um, now, some new concerns have arisen, but you and I have talked about those as far as, um, you know, like Jimbo Fisher said, which I think is a very interesting and perhaps true observation. Um, the defense was a little bit behind the offense, but you'd rather have that than the other way around. A and B, the weakest link called the defense is the one that our head coach is going to spend his entire summer on um, you know I, I, I don't see any other way around it but to say that that was a positive spring scrimmage that's what you want to see the mistakes are fixable it's not anything glaring it's not anything that oh my god we have a quarterback that threw four picks in our spring scrimmage to our twos um, it's not anything of our running backs can't hold on to the ball um, you know one of the interceptions you and I both kind of know that uh, kid knew the play So obviously he's going to jump the route and take the ball and get the stat. Um, So no, I, you know, there wasn't a huge concern. And I think the things that were concerning uh, are going to be able to be fixed. Um, Unfortunately, they need to be fixed sooner rather than later. There's not a lot of time this season to just say, okay, you know, the first couple of games we can work out the kinks like the last couple of years, you know, I think, um, I don't think there was any doubt in anyone's mind. We were going to be Wisconsin two years ago. I think yeah. there was a little, we were a little less sure with USC last year. You and I, we can go back and listen to that episode. You and I are both still expecting to see both quarterbacks kind of battle it out because the game got out of hand, which it ended yeah. up doing this season. I don't think we have that luxury. I think it no, has to hit the ground running. I don't think they've got to play their a plus game, their first game out, but I think they have to play, uh, in the B plus range. Um, to really, you know, seal a victory, so I'm, I'm a little glad less I, time to figure things out, but nothing too concerning, I guess.
1: I, I'm glad you brought that up. The, our first opponent being FSU on September 2nd in hopefully the finished uh, New Falcon Stadium. If not, it'll have to be in the Georgia Dome, which would be a little bit of a disappointment. But right. I'm glad I am glad you brought that up because I feel like you know I was have a little bit of insider information being at that FSU spring game, watching the Alabama, and being at the FSU. And this is just unbiased because, you know, FSU is my number two. Sure, I was more impressed with, with what I saw from Alabama. Just I, I could see the talent there more. And not, not saying that FSU is not talented and DeAndre Francois is not talented and all that. But I feel like FSU has more to fix before they face us than we have to fix before we face them. If yes. you know what I mean. Um, teaser, their teaser, line is still pretty for bad. For a future
0: episode, do you take Francois or Hurts? Just a teaser.
1: No, it's funny. I think they were right neck and neck as far as the best uh, freshman quarterbacks of last season. We'll I mean, they they were have, both really right there. We'll have really
0: to discuss right it when we get back when we get closer yeah. to game time. Brick kickoff four months away from today.
1: Four months away from today. Yeah,
0: Feb, four months um, away. May, 2nd. Four May months second. Four months away. It's good. That's good news. All right, let's move on to the NFL draft. Anything else you want to say about A Day before we move on?
1: Yeah, we'll move on. Jalen uh, Hurts had himself a nice steak dinner.
0: Yep, uh, first rounders. Marlon Humphrey being taken first off the board. I he think was the if you would have picked Bama that in Vegas, taken. he would have been a rich man.
1: Man, Marlon Humphrey, the first Bama player taken by none other than Ozzie Newsom.
0: Of course, of course. Uh, I was I was shocked, honestly. I really, really was. Um, I I was unable to watch the draft. Until I was working on that feature. Um, it was you know nose deep in editing, and I was keeping up with it on my phone, and I. You know, we kept tumbling, which I've kind of grown used to. Ever since that year where Eddie Lacey dropped so far down the board, um, and everybody was so shocked, you, you you kind of grow used to that. Yes. Um, so I was, you know, everybody was, oh, why haven't we? You know, why are they not taking Alabama players? Well, that's just kind of how it works now. They're they're afraid and they're hesitant to take Alabama players, but uh, you know, I thought. Jonathan Allen, for sure, would be the first guy taken off the board. Maybe O.J. Howard. But those guys would go neck and neck. Reuben would go next. Humphrey might go late first round or early second. And all of a sudden, Marlon Humphrey is the first player taken off the board for Alabama.
1: Here's why I think this happens. You, You can still hear me? Yes. All right, so here's why I think this happens. You know as we and i i can go back to Courtney upshaw being you know a, a first rounder and then falling to the second you, you can do that with a lot of players we had the same discussion last year with with A'shaun robinson reggie ragland um both falling uh someone someone else that i'm not remembering right now but this happens every year and i think the reason this happens is because once you leave the season it's pretty evident to teams who the best players were that year right miles garrett jonathan allen won uh you know best defensive player i mean you had a uh, you know oj howard obviously very talented you had reuben foster being you know the best linebacker award and it's clear who the best players are you know deshaun yeah. watson and then you get to draft time and you play the last game that you know second monday of january right and then you get into this long stretch this four month stretch where no football happens except the combine and then everybody forgets the season, and the only thing that's fresh on people's mind is the Combine. Then teams get it in their head. They want the next, like, big, explosive, new-age football come onto the scene. Nobody saw this coming, Jason Pierre-Paul-type guy, you know, from the you know, the Hassan Redick from Temple. You know, this guy with the measurables and the, the um, you know, just he has, he's this Combine warrior. And then people just kind of move away from the tape. Not saying that combine isn't an important part and something that's very useful, right. but I think you use the combine to split hairs. I don't think you should use the com- combine to move
0: As a guys like
1: mistake. like Hassan Reddick ahead of Ruben Foster. Yeah, you know, but people do that, and then that's just the thing that's fresh on people's mind, and and then this kind of bias surrounding. I don't, I don't want to call it bias because I don't want to say you know I don't want to come up here and be an Alabama fan and say y'all treat us unfair, but. You know it's there is this hesitancy to draft what looks like you know what you're gonna get at an Alabama player, no matter how great that might be, or a guy like John Ross at Washington who was good, but let's be honest, the reason he got drafted ninth overall is because he broke the combine record for forty, yes, but ask Dry Archer how well he's doing in the n f l Darius Hayward Bay, how was his career you know. Fire so, I, I think that's why that happens. I think that's why Reggie Ragland and Jaron Reed, that was the name I forgot, and A'shaun Robinson, you know, fall to the second round. Yes. Or Jonathan Allen, who coming into the draft was spoken of almost as highly as, John, as, as Miles Garrett, and people were saying that he might pass Miles Garrett just because he had a higher work ethic, falling down to 17 because somebody made up a shoulder issue and decided he's not that good.
0: Or because his combine was Foster as good. has a, well, he failed a drug test. Well, yes, technically he failed a drug test. It's a diluted sample, but yes, he failed a drug test.
1: Yeah, now there's more sure. red flags with that because yeah, if he gets caught actually failing a drug test, boom, that's half your season gone, and that's something sure. that and I understand that,
0: Brick. But do you know what a diluted sample is? Like it had too much water. Maybe it's splitting hairs. It's it's just it's. I, I don't know. It can
1: be it can be one of a lot of things. Yes.
0: It could be a lot of things, and we don't know the full story, and we we probably never will. Um, but I, I think a lot of those things get kind of blown out of proportion, um, as as far as drug testing is concerned. Now, obviously, if a guy's you know shooting up with HGH or steroids, and that's very evident in the drug tests, you know it, that's a red flag. If a guy has a diluted sample, come on, come on. Um, Excited for all the guys. I I, I think they're all going to have fruitful careers. I think out of that group, Jonathan Allen is obviously the one that's going to be in the league. Uh, in my opinion, the longest and have the, um, most successful career. If I'm being a hundred percent transparent. I Uh, do too. He just went to
1: a playoff team.
0: I do not think OJ Howard is going to last in the NFL period. I don't know how his draft stock got so high. Uh, It still fascinates me to this day. I'm that way with Cam Robinson. The hype that he got. Cam Robinson is a very very similar case. This time last year, we were talking about how he was suspended. Remember that mess? That's true, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just – anyway. Um, So that was the first round. Um, You know, some other players taken off the board, obviously. You know, Eddie Jackson gets taken last for Alabama going to the Chicago Bears. Can't wait to see what he can do coming off that broken leg. Hope he can. Is he succeed. really the last player we had drafted? Is I want to say he was a third rounder. uh yes. Our last player was in the third round, wasn't it? Really? No, 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 no. We had our Darius Stewart was taken, um, and so was there was another. Give me a second. Um, but I I know. Let's see. Tim Williams and our Darius Stewart um, went off consecutively in the third round. Got it. Yes, uh, I didn't
1: watch much of the of, of the draft. I used to love watching it, but now it's it's kind of become a thing I follow on too Twitter much of for many pageant. for I, for I, many I reasons.
0: Yeah, I can't stand it. Um, yeah, I think that um, no, actually, Eddie Jackson was last. I'm sorry, I was right at the first. Um, man, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, Tim Williams going to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ardarius Stewart going to the New York Jets. So we had represented here we've got what is it the buccaneers the jets the giants two go to the ravens one goes to the bears um let's see what else the jaguars ryan anderson going all right excuse me cam robinson going to the jaguars two guys going to the redskins so it's a good healthy litter you know there's there's a lot of players on a lot of different teams um you know reuben foster going to the 49ers i think that's going to be a huge fit I Those was so are... salty when the Dolphins
1: passed on him. The, the I mean, Charles are... Harris from Missouri is a good player, but, like, ah, he was right there, and linebackers their biggest well,
0: position of need. And Sam, Well, San Francisco also needs linebackers. They know? do. I think that's a huge get for them. I think that's a huge get for them. So, overall, I think it's a good draft. Um, you know, I, I hate making too much out of the draft. I, yeah, honestly, this time of year is when everybody overhypes college football news. Um because you know, we and, want it so bad. Uh, it's about to be in the summertime where we get the Fulmer Cup and all that, and that'll be fun. Um, but, you know, it's uh, these, these two things, spring day and the draft, get overhyped more than anything in college football. You're Here. right about that. Spring games for any team. I would hate to play football at a school like Texas or USC where the spring game is the end-all be-all. USC a little bit less. Texas, it's, I mean, make or break your career there. With How much do you want to bet Texas
1: is still ranked in the top 25 to start the season? Oh, I
0: guarantee you they will be. People are putting Auburn in the top 10 right now, Brick.
1: Hey, you know, it's all talking points and people trying to make hot takes, hey, which is something
0: we do. Hey, Jeremy Johnson's going to win the Heisman next year.
1: You know, it was funny today. I was talking to a, uh, somebody from from work and I couldn't even remember Jeremy Johnson's name when I was trying to make a point about him. Yeah. Um all right, so I I had a point I was going to make. Um let's see. You didn't you said Jonathan Allen was going to be uh and I I agree with you there. I think he felt they both are going to be very he's going to have a very long illustrious career for them. Um O.J. Howard. You know, I've got two people at work that are big Bucks fans and of course they both came to me to ask me about the pick. They said, "Oh my gosh, you know, we we drafted. They both wanted Dalvin Cook, who's another player. I have no idea why he fell so far, but they both wanted Dalvin Cook. Then they come to me and they go, "Oh, we drafted O.J. Howard. You know, I what? What do you know about what? What's the deal with him?" And I told him, I was like, "You know what? He was the most frustrating player because you saw yeah. the talent and you never knew. He was the biggest mystery. You know, was his lack of production in every game that wasn't a bowl game um, because." He disappeared or because the coaches didn't use him? I, never, I still don't know the blocks. answer to that question.
0: I mean, that's the thing i always remember about O.J. Howard, man, is there was some times we had a whole lot of running room if he seals the gap.
1: Yeah. If he just he's hits a good that blocker. blocker. He's at least considered a good blocker by many. But um, I, I
0: didn't see it. I'm sorry. I just There were too many times in my head that I remember thinking, oh, my God, if O.J. makes that block. He is going to a team that has, you know,
1: um, Mike Evans and Deshaun yes. Jackson help take coverage off of him so if yes, he can't produce of pressure. and of course being drafted in the first round says hey we're going to get you the ball You know, it's yes. not like he got drafted in the third so we'll find out on the books w- whether he was underutilized at Alabama or whether we w- were both right the last two years when we complained about him because he's going to be open because he's got two really good receivers that'll take off he's, he's going to be covered by linebackers almost certainly now yeah so we'll see. That's the point I you wanted will. to make. Um, I was happy with where Eddie Jackson landed, and I feel like he's going to be the steal from Alabama. I think he had first round talent. I I really do, and I know he got injured and he couldn't do much at the combine. That's what it's, hurts him in the end. But yes, it's that. Broken he, I, leg I think that he will be a starting safety about. in the NFL for for several years and yes. could make Pro Bowls.
0: Yes, uh, he's you know um, honestly I think the guy that's going to be uh, kind of the steal from this draft is Dalvin Tomlinson.
1: Whew, that's another one.
0: I mean, that guy was a stone last year, a, it, a huge part of that defense, and just very quietly davin Tomlinson to the Giants, that's it, that's it, and no one talked about it, that's a huge steal for the Giants. By the they're way, my getting, sound
1: off is all about NFL draft coverage on ESPN.
0: They're getting, uh, uh, yeah, I'm about to tee off on ESPN as well. You know what, can we get into that? Are, are you done with this whole draft thing?
1: Yeah, we're done. We're done with all of our topics. That was our last topic, was what was the sleeper pick we had. Then uh, we've already talked about kind of how we're both freed up to talk, to do more podcasts. We can go right into our sound offs now. May I? Go
0: ahead. First on the tee, Patrick Norwood, playing with the ball of ESPN. Let me tee off right quick. All the layoffs and everything, obviously uh, terrible. Guys like Edward are getting let go. And we still have Stephen A. Smith and the Sports Center anchors. My God, I don't even know their names anymore. I, I feel like I wake up every day and there's a new guy or girl on there. Bless their hearts, trying their best. I mute the TV. Um, I missed the days when it was just highlights. This past week, I was so busy, I hardly got to watch any coverage of anything that wasn't the Predators. Go Preds! By the way, six and one in the playoffs right now. It infuriates me that ESPN is not taking heed to the advice of their listeners, which is give us more highlights. We need more highlights. We want to see what's going on in sports. Give me facts. Don't give me two or three people yelling at each other for 45 minutes and then run 15 minutes of the same four commercials over and over and over again. Pounding me over the head with your Vegas lines. Pounding me over the head with your fantasy football your fantasy baseball your fantasy whatever i'm sick of it instead of listening to their listeners and putting more shows on that breakdown highlights you know analysis trade talks it's all hot takes that's it that's all espn is anymore it's just analysis or not analysis shows but just hot take shows argument Mm -hmm. shows And they just put all their eggs in that basket. And I get, listen, I'll watch PTI till the sun goes down. I love watching Wilbon and Kornheiser, you know, bust each other up and down. But they also say good stuff. They don't attack somebody. Well, you grew up here, so of course you're going to root for them. It's not that. And I'm so sick of watching that television. I honestly can't tell you the last time I turned on ESPN just to watch SportsCenter. I would rather watch Netflix. I would rather watch, you know, anything, anything else, honestly. NBC Sports I've started tuning into way more than I have ESPN. And there's no, there's no end in sight for them ruining their own network. Ruining it.
1: What they've done, what they've... What the, I think what they've forgotten is what – what they've been driving is exactly what you said, personality-based and not substance-based f- uh, format. It's all personality-driven, yes. and it's all really – um, well yep. they, they think what people want, and rumor, personality-based, rumor, argument shows like you said. What they forgot is you can have that. You can – they think people are going to go – and the reason they'll never fire Stephen A. Smith is because they know his notoriety. Everybody knows his name. My mom, who does not ever watch ESPN or doesn't care about sports, knows Stephen A. Smith's name. And that's the reason they won't fire him, and they're smart for that. You know, he brings, you know, attention to their their, um, brand. But what they're missing is they can still have people tune in for personalities and still get substance. You know, people used to tune in to watch SportsCenter because Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann were going to be the best at giving you that stuff, you know? Yes. They were the here's, best
0: at doing that. Here's what happened last night in sports. Here's why it's important.
1: And they had personality. And, you know, and, and, and they could still come in there and they could still be, you know, bring you the news. SportsCenter used to be a sacred thing. And it got, it very recently in the last couple of years, got messed up slowly over time. And now they've got this uh, SC6 show, which... I have not watched, because I'm not it's watching SportsCenter at 6, but I've never heard a single good thing about it. And it's I've been painful. watching um, the the way they advertise it. I've seen the way they advertise it a couple times over the draft this weekend. And it was just, uh, it's Jamel Hill and um, Michael Smith, I think yes. his name is. Yes. And all it is is just Jamel, it's just this little 20-second little monologue that Jamel Hill has on Russell Westbrook being a real G. What am I getting from that conversation? He's a real G. What does that mean? You know, I get the I get the audience they're trying to bring in. They're trying to bring in this young, hip, uses Twitter audience. But
0: they did not see I just I miss I miss this the coming. old days, man. I miss the old days of Scott Van Pelt, Dan Patrick. Those guys going in saying funny, quirky stuff during highlights. And then, honestly, when they started bringing in analysts, it was cool. Yeah. For the first two years, it was pretty cool. I remember when they started doing it. I was I was out in middle school, finishing up middle school, early high school, around there. Barry Melrose was this weird little dude. He was this <laughs> hockey goon with a weird They'd bring bullet. him
1: in. They'd bring in Schefter. They'd bring
0: in uh, you know John Clayton. But, Brick, just, Brick, it, it was it was 10, 15 minutes of the hour-long show. Tops. Tops. And that's all the analysts that they would bring in. Now, that's ninety percent of the broadcast is guys who have been hit in the head forty thousand times coming in and screaming at me and jamming information down my throat about what they think and why they're right, and anyone else who doesn't think that is. It. Are idiot. you afraid of Are you
1: afraid of how LeBron's been playing? Is is Blake Griffin gonna be going to a different team?
0: Also, can we talk about how exciting this year is in the NHL playoffs? How much coverage have you seen of that? Half of audience? who they fired
1: was hockey people.
0: Yes, it, During the playoffs, eliminating it
1: during the playoffs. The only one that I can remember that they didn't get rid of was Melrose. Because, yes.
0: you know, that's it. And honestly, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that that segment's become such a joke. He gets he gets two minutes. He gets two minutes, and this playoff's brick. Look, I'm biased as heck, and you know it. The Nashville Predators just swept the Chicago Blackhawks. They are skating all over the St. Louis Blues, and they are on a collision course for either Edmonton, who is the youngest, most exciting team in hockey, with Connor McDavid, probably the most exciting player to put on skates since guys like Lemieux and Gretzky, that young. And you've got Anaheim, whose top three lines could probably be the number one line on any other NHL franchise. And those teams are going to meet in an epic battle. It is going to be amazing, and you're not going to hear crap about it. Because I'm going to have to hear about how the Raptors fans started chanting at LeBron or whatever. I don't care. I'm sick of LeBron. I'm sick of the NBA. I'm so sick of the NBA, Brick. I can't tell you how tired of it I am. It's, it's I'm with you. Constant. You know I
1: love the NBA, and I, I Why? cannot stand what it's been turned into.
0: Why is it that when I turn on ESPN, all I get to hear about is what Russell Westbrook or LeBron or J.R. Smith or whoever, whatever jackass they've decided to give a microphone to has – Just mouthed off to a reporter. So disrespectful to reporters now. And I get the reporters ask stupid questions. And a lot of the time it is just dumb. Why would you say that kind of stuff crap? Russell Westbrook freaked out the other night over a legitimate question. And yelled next question until everybody was just petrified of asking him anything. And then he huffed and puffed, dropped an bomb, and walked off.
1: Well, why would you ask a guy who just lost a playoff series or a game or whatever game it was about his triple-double?
0: No. Who cares? I totally get that. Why is that on ESPN? Why do I care? Exactly. It's it's just – Why am I having to watch Dan Levitard yell at me about it for 45 minutes? It's disgusting. (laughs) It's disgusting. And I'm, I'm so sick of the NBA. My God, I'm sick of that organization. It's well, just God. they 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 got the fruits
1: of their uh, uh, they they reaped what they sowed. I should I guess the I should say. The playoffs never this
0: end, week. man. The playoffs start freaking March Madness, and they'll go till well after my birthday in June.
1: Yeah, they'll go the 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 finals will be done mid June, and then as soon as you do that, it's we're right back to football and NFL. Well,
0: and no, then just, and then it's and it's, then it's just about Tom no, no, Brady. No, don't even go there. Because then it'll be the Stanley Cup Finals, and you know what I got to watch at night? The freaking Summer League Basketball highlights. <laughs> that happened last year.
1: No, I'm, I'm not doubting it because the draft just happened, and we have to see what Lonzo Ball and his dad is,
0: are doing. I can't wait for them to be sponsored by Skechers, and God, I hate that I know that this is a storyline. Why do I care? No,
1: their 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 products hurting, but it's also affecting the industry too. That's the thing. Is is I like to say that there's this you know that Fox Sports and all these other places that um, that do sports. They're they're they don't do it as much, but it's what sports reporting reporting is turned into. Yeah. Because I feel like they think that anybody can see a highlight now on their phone. Right, you log on Twitter, you see the highlight, and nobody cares about highlight shows. People respond and give retweets and and, 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 and likes and angry emojis and all that, you know, to a story about you know Will Durant leave Oakland Can- Golden State after he gets his ring. People every they'll get two hundred thousand responses to that. Yes, and that's what they care about. Well, and that's what they think is building the brand. And then all of a sudden, hey, nobody's watching our channel anymore. Oh, yeah, that's how we make money.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going
1: to go off on the, their coverage of the NFL draft, if you don't mind.
0: No, no, go ahead. Can I say one last thing? Yeah, please. You want to know the status of ESPN? I'm probably not supposed to tell this story, but honestly, I'm so heated about it. I'm going to. And I had forgotten about it, and I kind of buried it. And I had just started at High Point when this happened. This feature that I just released about this kid. Story's incredible, Rick. I mean, the kid is twice the man you and I will ever be. Period. Yeah. You know, toughness isn't measured in how much you can bench press. It's it's just not. It's not measured in how many concussions you can take playing lacrosse, which I've learned this season is apparently a lot. Lacrosse is fun, by the way. I I still don't know how it works, but it's fun. ESPN was supposed to do a story about this kid. And September 3rd, I remember because it was right around the time that Alabama was starting to play. I was very new at High Point. You remember that was my first month. Yeah, yeah it was your I first pretty much week I was to week there. in a row. My boss calls me he's like, hey, you're going to have to take a trip to New York with Mick and his mom to do the run. And you can see the story to find out why I went. Um, here's why. ESPN's guy, whoever it was that was going to do a feature, called High Point after they had set it up they had had conversations with the family everything and said you know what we've just got a little bit too much 911 stories going on right now we're going to have to drop you guys sorry hangs up ugh yuck that's not journalism sorry go ahead the draft no that's that's good that's
1: that's pretty that's pretty rough right there after they'd set it up, they yep. couldn't even send somebody to just go do the interviews and you know nope. hold on to it for a while. Or, go
0: get B roll, man. I'll shoot the interviews for you guys. Yeah, just send me the questions. I'll field produce the whole dang thing. Nope, couldn't do it.
1: And of course, the family, you know, is excited that they're going to be featured sure. on ESPN, and sure. then just to be told we have too much of what you're going through right now. Yeah, we have too much of of you of of your of your story that doesn't deserve because we have too much, and it's all trumps this anyway. Yeah. That's rough. I feel bad for him, but I'm glad you got to do it anyway. It's this, this, this gonna pale in comparison to you. You should let me go first. But the NFL draft, and I won't spend too much time because we have ripped them a new one tonight, and you know, it's the way it is. But um, you know, I watched their coverage, and and first of all, it gets way behind what's actually happening, and that's why I said one of the reasons I said I'm following it on Twitter because they'll, you know, you'll be on the 17th pick in real life, and ESPN will still be on the uh, the 13th pick. And it gets worse as it goes on. The gap gets bigger and bigger. And a lot of people used to say, well, you know, Twitter tips the picks. No, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way because you can just do the picks in real time. You don't have to spend 20 minutes talking about the Bears trading up for Trubisky. You, could, you have all the time after the draft to do that. You know, and I know that it's happening in real time and you have to dissect it and do it all. And then on day two and three, it starts to get even worse because they kind of start to catch up a little bit to the picks and things go a little bit quicker. But here's what gets me every time. So you're watching and I'm a Dolphins fan. And so, you know, blah, 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 blah. We're in the fourth round. Dolphins pick so-and-so out of so-and-so. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. They're going to talk about my pick real quick. I don't know much about this guy. They're going to tell me about him. So I'm waiting. They're like, all right, all right. They're, they're getting up to him. You know, they're about four picks behind. Okay, the next guy, the next guy. Oop! all of a sudden, breaking news. Hold up, everybody. Hold up, everybody. Nathan Peterman, the quarterback from Pittsburgh, just got picked. So now we're going to drop all the other players that we were leading up to. Nathan Peterman, everybody, a quarterback just got picked. We have to dissect this real quick. A fourth round quarterback just came off the board. Mel, what do you think of this guy? Oh McShay, oh you know, his measurables are great. I didn't like his decision making. Kuiper, oh you know, this guy's been uh, he's, he's been the bane to my existence since he first could walk. He's awful. Cool. I'm glad I just spent fifteen minutes waiting on you to dissect a pick, but now we're gonna spend you know ten minutes time on Nathan Peterman. Yeah. That, you've already been behind all weekend. Fine, I'm just going to stay on Twitter. Yeah. It's bad.
0: Also, let's let's talk about Mel Kiper and Todd McShay breaking down college athletes, acting like they know what they go through. That's that's my favorite. <laughs> Here's the way I
1: put it. When they were... They, when,
0: go ahead. If they were that good and that esteemed at what they do,
1: they'd be an NFL scout. Yes. They wouldn't be a talking well, head no, on TV. Well, worst,
0: no, the worst is that it's these two, like and I, I hate to quote it it's some, I forgot who tweeted it but some college athlete one time tweeted um, like they tweeted an article he's been tweeted this article like oh why this guy's overrated and it was another sort of like well he's been he's been in trouble he's got a terrible attitude and stuff and the guy like tweeted like where Todd McShay went to high school and where he went to high school and he was like look at the two areas that we grew up in and tell me why you think I came out the way that I did and yet he's telling me about why I've got a bad attitude. That's awesome. And I'm like, you're right. and That's, that's awesome. that's a problem the whole way around ESPN and it, just all of sports journalism is like, these guys don't – it's not – they're not sitting there – like a lot of them aren't sitting there watching Sesame Street all day, you know? Like they're not – they didn't have a great upbringing. They didn't learn manners. They didn't learn what's acceptable to say and do – and an acceptable way to act, you know. But we're sitting here listening to Todd McShay just bust 18, 19, 20-year-olds up and down for their poor attitude.
1: And they call themselves experts. That's experts. the thing. And they do experts.
0: have – a little bit of say, experts. I believe,
1: in what's going on. They build their big boards, and you know they each have one, and you know they're both mostly the same. Oh, I'm you know, sure Kuiper, the Bears just Kuiper looked at what they thought. Kuiper they might be. have McCaffrey here, and McShay might have McCaffrey here, but they're gen- generally the same. You think that the yeah, that the, the the teams are going, oh, you know, well Kuiper thinks that that um. That, that that Raekwon McMillan, that's a guy the Dolphins drafted, Kuyper thinks that he's a third-round prospect. We're picking at the bottom of the second, so we might want to hold off. Yeah, Like, they're so, the Dolphins are so dumb for wanting a middle linebacker for their defense that, well, he's, you know, I didn't have him until 50 on my big board, and, and the Dolphins just took him at 44, so it how might about, be a little bit of a reach.
0: How about Gruden's job during the draft was to just tee off on people? Every pick that was made, Gruden was just like, "That's horrible." That's why. weird. Cause that's
1: not like him.
0: He's usually the the uppity
1: guy. He's usually the no, one that flips it up. that's a
0: producer somewhere making that call. Yeah, but
1: generally, genu- usually he was. I think this guy's great, and I always kind of liked him at being there because you know, Kuyper would rip this guy a new one, and 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 you know, say that you know his his hands, his his hips, he doesn't use his hips, and then Kyper will go, "Hey, you look at the film," and he had eight picks this senior year. You know, I don't know. It's just – the, the sad part about all that is I do think they do have some say. You know, they create hype leading up to the draft, and I think they do have some power over what happens. You know, yeah. I think that those two actually do have – it might not be as much as they think, but they do have some. And so at the same time, they're affecting, you know, 21-year-olds' lives. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, come, Imagine coming out of college but Brick, and some – They're quote, experts, unquote, man.
0: They're experts. Some
1: – some quote-unquote expert comes out and says you're not good, and you didn't get your job at the Golf Channel at all. Yep. You know, you start from nothing because some expert in your field comes and says that you're garbage.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, they're experts. They're geniuses. It's, uh, they're geniuses. It's, That's why they completely – I got I got to go, get off.
1: I'm like, I can't watch them do this.
0: Go, go back and look at their big board, and then look at what happened in the draft and tell me they're experts. They are what? experts in the way that I am an expert in the German language. Meaning that I've studied it for a while, uh, still don't know what I'm doing. Um, but would like to make people think that I do. And that's the it's best just, analogy I'm gonna make all night. So we better And then
1: the it. thing is then they then they miss one and then it never comes up again. It no. never comes up again because everybody forgets they move on to next season. But I'm looking. I just typed in and just some, some Mel Kuiper stuff and I had to type in his misses just to create an example of how he is not perfect on this at all. The, the, the first one, just number 10 on their list, was that he had Ladanian Tomlinson at the 25th ba- player in his class, and he's a Hall of Famer. He promised in 2010 to retire in eight years if Jimmy Clausen wasn't a successful quarterback. Whoops. Yet nobody nobody's going to remember that because they move on. Yeah. Nobody cares that Kuiper was completely wrong about jimmy clausen being good or ladanian tomlinson not being
0: good yep anyway Easy. they're wasteful but anyway hey that was a solid episode so solid yeah, that, to that, that,
1: that went a little bit longer than we thought
0: it would we, it did it did you can find us on facebook at pats interference uh p-a-t apostrophe s interference pats interference.com go on twitter pi underscore podcast we're gonna get back to keeping up with those obviously with this hiatus there just hadn't been a lot to talk about um you can find us on SoundCloud, Amazon. Uh, brick, how about how about old fashioned snail mail? Did you know that? Did you know I if know that. if you send a letter to 123 Pats Interference Way uh in Panama City Beach, Florida. Oh, that's where you, we're
1: located everybody.
0: You'll you'll uh you'll go ahead and you'll, you'll get yourself a nice little you'll get a nice little hooded fleece. Uh <laughs> and I can't promise these things. And a transcript of the most recent episode of Pat's interference, signed by yours truly, the Patricks. It'll get to
1: to you. Uh, please give two days to two hundred years to yes get your
0: fleece. Yes, no money back. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Must pay shipping and handling. Patrick and I have always wanted to do this. We couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. I don't. Pretty know soon, when soon we'll be on. be on the year three. Pretty soon we'll be year I, yeah, three. Year three. We're getting old. We're getting old. In dog years, we're about to be able to drink. Shout out to I was 23 when I started this. I'm about to be 25 now. Man, I'm 23 now. What, what does my future hold for? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's Thanks so much you for letting me let surprise. We really appreciate it. Couldn't do it without you. We've always wanted to do this big dream of ours. We love it. We love you. Thank you for listening. Most importantly, Greg. I race a bar got the hard eye emoji
1: for throw weeks I might be Russell Farride Just I can't trickle my eyes Probably will be alright I party all night